today I'm going to preach to you a message from heaven. Now this is something that I have been working on for months. Something from heaven, from the Lord for us, for this season, for this time. Hallelujah. And I believe that things, things that God has set up, things that God has in store for us, maybe today we can begin to unlock some things and open some things up because this is about us continuing to progress. We cannot remain the same. No matter how great it's been, we cannot remain the same. Hallelujah. We've got to be increasing. We've got to be going after the more, doing more, having more, seeing more. We've got to, if I could say it this way, go to another level. Come on, we, we need to see an increase in the measure of who, of the measure of who God is to us, of the measure of who God is in us, and, and the measure of how God is working through us. Hallelujah. Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, how many of you have heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Praise the Lord. Okay, good. Most of you, if you've not heard of him, he was a great man of God, a, a power guy. He got baptized in the Holy Ghost, uh, I think in his 40s when he was a plumber. And uh, just radically, God got a hold of him. And he saw so many miracles, the glory of God. Uh, it's known that he raised at least 14 people from the dead. Some accounts say uh, up to 20 people, but everybody knows for sure at least 14. And so how many of you uh, in here have raised someone from the dead? Well, we raised, y'all raised someone from the dead in Haiti, yeah. We, we've had a couple, but how many of you here have raised 10 people from the dead? Okay, so this means we have a, another place to go. This ought, really, we got to not be just satisfied. Uh, we're satisfied in the Lord, but we're hungering and we're pressing into some of the greater things. So I always like to look at Smith Wigglesworth and like his teachings and preachings and things that he said, because what I recognize is, is that he might have known something. And he might even have known something that I don't know or that you don't know or that we haven't yet figured out how to apply. And so it's good to follow the faith of those who successfully went before you and did some good things. And so this is what Smith Wigglesworth said. Pastor brought this out in a Wednesday night meeting a couple of Wednesdays ago. And when he said it, I was like, I got to add that in my message from heaven because it's a good setup. Are you ready? Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said, there are two things that you must have in a Pentecostal meeting. Now, how many of you know we're after a Pentecostal meeting? We are Pentecostal people, <clears throat> right? Believing in the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out, <clears throat> entered in the hearts of man, came upon people. They began prophesying, speaking in tongues. It's where all the glory is, is in the Pentecostal life. And so he said there were two things you needed to have in a Pentecostal meeting. Not, not a denominational meeting, not a meeting where just good information is going forth, but a Pentecostal meeting. And these were the two things. He said, one, you must have an offering. I knew no, there wouldn't be many amens about that. Thank you. And number two, he said, you must have a broken spirit. Now, broken spirit means that ties to what Jesus uh, talked about in, in Matthew, uh, where he said a poor spirit. It means a contrite spirit. It means a humble spirit. It really, it, it means one that's a repentant. It, it means one that's sensitive to not stepping outside of something that would not be pleasing or honoring to God. 
So we could say a, a, a broken spirit is a spirit that's quick to repent. He said those two things were needed. And so it, it appeared, when Pastor Chaz said this, it appeared to me that uh, Smith Wigglesworth was talking to preachers. And so I went back and looked it up in the book. And he was, he was talking to a group of ministers that day. But what I, what I know is that uh, when he was talking to ministers, he wouldn't be talking to just them because the reason that ministers stand in the place of a minister is to minister to people. And so if he's saying that what ministers need to know for a Pentecostal meeting is that there needs to be an offering in a broken spirit, it means that the people need to know. Because what ministers need, people also need. Amen. And I found that to be a very, very interesting statement. And so, uh, like I said, you know, I like to catch things from spiritual people, people who were radical in their belief, people who got wild results, who were largely successful in this kingdom life. Uh, I believe that they reveal things about things they learned, things they knew, things they operated in. Uh, we could say that they knew things or possessed keys Keys to unlock things to the kingdom. Keys that will open up things of the Spirit, open up things of, of God's glory and produce kingdom life, produce signs and wonders and miracles. Over us to have such revelations, such keys today that we would see such demonstrations and such manifestations like people being raised from the dead. Many of us are still trying to get our first just pray for somebody and have a prayer answered. And that's great. We all got to start in a place. But again, the kingdom is progressive. Even if you study Jesus and the life of Jesus and the miracles of Jesus, they were progressive. Hallelujah. And so we're pressing into uh, these things. And so today I want to talk about for us in this message, literally from heaven, I want to talk about an open heaven. Now, I'm going to talk about an open heaven. Uh, you hear that word a lot today or that term a lot. It's really not used in the Bible, in the New Testament at all like it's talked about today. Most of the time when you see that word, uh, that description talking about an open heaven or the heavens opening or the heavens parting in the New Testament, it's talking about a vision. It's talking about, you know, where the heavens opened and uh, the Spirit of God descended upon Jesus but I want to talk about it today. I'm going to put it in biblical how I perceive it would be used if we're going to use it today. I'm going to talk about it in a biblical way. And I want you to know this is how the Lord gave it to me. Because when you hear an open heaven today, you're going to hear a lot of false teaching, wrong teaching, portals and things like that. That's not scriptural. So if we're going to use the word, let's at least use it properly. Can we talk about that? So I'm going to read you, I'm going to read this section here because this is how the Lord gave it to me. <clears throat> First, we have to be reminded God is an unlimited God, right? We've been preaching that. In relation to His wisdom and His power and His ability to do all things. And so we should have access to this unlimited place of God at work, or we could say an open heaven. An open heaven seems like a place of a free abundant flow. A spiritual exchange and interaction with everything that is God, His life, His glory, His power, His blessings, without restrictions. An open heaven seems to represent a place where there is an outpouring of the Spirit, the Spirit moving freely, 
kingdom demonstrations and manifestations, angelic presence and assistance, signs, wonders, miracles, healings, a revival atmosphere without constraint. An open heaven seems like a place of the fullness of life in the Holy Spirit, a sensing of the Lord's presence, a hearing of the voice of the Lord with a clarity that will bring revelation, that will give instruction, that will cause light to come. It correlates with our spiritual eyes being open in the fullest of a measure. It also uh, correlates to us seeing heavenly things, getting a vision with no limitations. This open heaven is where us, is where between us and the heavenly realm, there is nothing in the way, nothing held back, no ceiling, so to speak, on our prayers or the Lord hearing them. Nothing in the way of His responding and working in our behalf. An open channel for us also receiving from Him the all things freely given. Another aspect of an open heaven seems to be that there's a free flow of the fullness of a grace, a power, an anointing, a a supernatural infusion of and an enablement from the Lord where things are happening quickly, easily, without strain, without stress, where not even the same effort is required to see progression or movement because there's no resistance. When we are under or experience an open heaven, it seems that we can ask much. It seems that we can ask anything in accordance with God's will and see it begin to happen and operate in our lives. An open heaven means that there is nothing that separates us from God our Father where there are no barriers between the earthly realm and the heavenly realm all of its supply, and all of its resources. Does that sound like a place you would like to live in? I mean, just just if we could have several components of that. Hallelujah. When Jesus was baptized in Mark chapter 1, verse 10, it tells us, that the heavens parted. Another translation actually goes on to say that the heavens were torn open as the Spirit descended upon Him in a bodily form as a dove. Jesus lived and He ministered under this open heaven. Heaven's supernatural life, supply, and resources were available to Jesus as He prayed and as He went about saying what He only heard the Father say and doing only what He heard the Father do. In Matthew 27, verse 51, when the veil was torn open at Jesus' crucifixion, the heavens were opened permanently for all who would believe in Him and become children of God. Because Jesus was now the stairway. Jesus was our entry into the heavenly realm, into the heavenly place where we could be seated with Him, experiencing all spiritual blessings. Hallelujah. And then on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, the Spirit of God was poured out on all of the hungry and waiting believers there, them being baptized in the Holy Spirit, gloriously filled, speaking in tongues, 
now called to live in the fullness of God in this place, experiencing the open heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, everything that was available to Jesus to accomplish his Father's will in the earth as he was here walking in the earth as a man empowered by the Spirit, everything that was available to him was also available at that time to the believers in the early church and is now available to you and me. And that will never change. The heaven remains open. That will never change. We have access. That will never change. Jesus would not have said, follow me and do the work. And the works that I do, you will do also and even greater works if that were not the case. And so experiencing or what we could say living under an open heaven is our inheritance. Hallelujah. We already have it. It belongs to us. We're not trying to make God do it for us. It's already ours. And it should be our expectation because that connects to your faith. So we know that every Christian, of course, would like to live under the spout where the glory pours out, right? Come on. Everyone would like to have an unhindered experience of heaven on earth. That is to operate from the spiritual heavenly place, to be blessed with every spiritual blessing from above. We'd like to live in the place of an open heaven. We certainly should see and experience what I would call seasons of it. There are times, it seems, when, when there's just an extra something, a place with God where things are happening. We should see seasons of that, at least, in our life. But I want you to know this. Are you ready? Here comes the but. Because we are in partnership with God. And it's not just not up to God. It's not just because now we're Christian. Everything happens as it should. God puts us in the earth and he chose to partner with us through this wonderful supernatural thing called faith. So there are requirements to us walking or experiencing this unlimited place, the power and the glory of God being in the open heaven. Of course, our faith plays the most important part. We know that. Amen. Faith is the bridge. Amen. Jacob's ladder started in earth and it reached up to the heaven. And it's where the spiritual exchange took place. Angels ascending and descending, representing the, uh, the works of God. Faith is a work in the earth and it's what causes us to be able to reach up into the heavenly, Amen. unseen realm and take hold of things and lay hold of things and bring them in to the physical realm and to our life and to operation. So faith is the main thing. But there seem to be other things that are really connected with our faith or we could say the working of our faith that are tied to us living or experiencing this open heaven. And there are, of course, many, uh, many ingredients that that make for a, a completely open life with God. Great heart things, things of the heart matter greatly. Love matters greatly. Humility matters greatly. Surely the pure in heart should see God, will see God. And I believe that's layers. Sure, until you're, not until you're saved, receive Jesus, and your heart, uh, spirit becomes like new. Can you see God? You cannot see God until then. 
But once you're in the kingdom, there's something about the purity of our spirit. Being able to see God in a, in a freer way or a fuller way and access the things of God. <clears throat> so essentially, if we know that there are uh, things, uh, our faith connects us with God and helps open up things, we also have to recognize that there can be barriers, there can be restrictions, there can be things that get in the way, uh, there can be things that hinder us from an openness with the Lord in this open heaven. And I just want to go ahead and say it right here and put it on the record. I'm going to have to say it again. But if you get nothing else from this today, you have to get this. It is not God that's withholding anything from you. He withholds no good thing from all those that walk uprightly before him. It is never God, if you're not experiencing an openness, if you're not experiencing connectedness, if you're having a, a trouble um, connecting with the presence of God or the, or the nearness of God, it's not that God, it's that us. Amen. Needs to move, needs to make an adjustment, needs to make a change. Hallelujah. And so we want to do our best, of course, to have a true openness with the Lord. It's what the Lord desires. He loves us intensely. He yearns for us jealously. And He really doesn't want to share us or the capacity of our heart or our affections or our attentions. He wants us to be in the earth and do all of our earth stuff and be good spouses and be good parents and be good employers and employees and all of the things that we have to do. But even more so, he wants the fullness of our heart, our affection, our attention. He wants us seeking after him wholeheartedly with everything that we have. After all, he did give his best for us. And so we want to do our best for this open place, to stand in the place of the open heaven where there really are no barriers, no restrictions, and nothing hindering our way. Now, why is this so important? Just for me, I want to tell you why this is important. <clears throat> because at, at the instruction of the Lord last year, I did a lot of preaching on a tag phrase that the Lord gave us. There is more. There is more. And the intent I knew with the Lord was to broaden our perspective, to broaden and to enlarge our heart to a greater capacity of knowing that for each and every one of us and for us corporately, there is more. So I preached my heart out about that. It came directly from the Lord because I knew that the Lord was trying to prepare us for, a lack of a better word, a season or a time of an open heaven. I'm talking about us experiencing an open heaven where, where the Lord can do some things that the Lord wants to do, that the Lord needs to do. There was a call to us to, to begin to open up to believe for the more. And this is the time now where we're going to have to make sure that we're putting ourselves in the proper place so that we can see the progression and the increase and the things that the Lord wants to bring to us. Uh, I, I could say one of the words the Lord's been dealing with me is about a level up. And that, and that means another level. We need, to be, we need to be pursuing another level. The next place, the next place in God, there are, there are more, as a prayer, there are more realms 
of the Spirit to get into. There, there are more things. It's not always about leaving something and doing something new, although that can be a part of it. It can also be you're supposed to, where you're at, drop some old things within that and open yourself up to something new. But I believe that we are on the cusp or we have an opportunity with the Lord uh, to enter into an, a more open place where some things can really happen. When I looked at the word level up, because that's how the Lord said it to me, it means to increase something in order to remove a disparity. It means to go from where you are to where you should be. The Lord wants to help you get from where you are to where you should be or where you need to be. But in order to do that, it's going to come from this place of the open heaven, this place where God can really do something in a greater measure for us. And also, I know that there are breakthroughs that are tied to this open heaven. Specifically, things that have been delayed, not by God, but by the place maybe which we stand a shade outside of this open place. So I believe that if we can, if we can do the instruction of the Lord and get into the open heaven experience this place that the Lord has for us. Breakthroughs are going to happen. Breakthrough. I'm talking about God breakthroughs are going to happen in your life. And many of them are going to be very quickly. They're going to be very quick. So praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A level up is at hand. Come on, a breakthrough is at hand. If we can do our part in, in stepping into this place of the open heaven. <clears throat> But to move into an open heaven or a greater measure of I it, mean, some of us already might be in that place, but there's just a more. And I, I specifically know corporately there's a more. But I know particularly more for a lot of you here in the room. But it does usually mean that there's something that the Lord needs us to do or something that the Lord needs us to change. And so today I want to look at two things in relation to us being in the place of an open heaven over our lives. And I'm going to use a portion uh, of a sermon that I heard several months ago uh, when the Lord had started dealing with me in February uh, about this place that He's trying to move us to. And I have to just say it, I felt a little in the Spirit I felt a little frustrated. Like I felt that from the preaching and the teaching and the ministry last year, we should have seen something a little more than what I saw. And so as the preacher, you know, I'm always asking God, Lord, did I miss something? Is there something I need to do? This started for me in February. I felt like we'd not yet fully entered into the result of the there is more. And so I'm seeking the Lord and then I go to a minister's meeting and uh, this man gets up to preach and in one section of his preaching, I'm not kidding you, for me, it was like the heavens opened and I felt like God was speaking directly to me. And this is, this is his portion of the message. He said a few years ago he had been in India attending an annual conference uh, that he funds and attends every year. And he loved the people, 
uh, that he was working with there. He said they had a heart for God. They were really contending for things, pressing in. He said, but year after year as he watched, he really didn't see the progression that he wanted for them. And so he said, you know, that happens at times that we know the teaching and the preaching being given has the power in it to leave nothing broken, to leave nothing lacking. But let me remind you that every time the preaching comes, it's our responsibility as the hearer to hear it and mix our faith with it. And I cannot make you do that. He said, but it was not happening as such. And so he was frustrated talking to the Lord. And he said, almost like in, an, uh, uh, in hindsight, he looked back and almost like it was accusatory to the Lord. Like, like all these things were being done, uh, you know, on their end. But yet there wasn't the progress that he thought he should see. And then he said he got quiet enough to listen. And in his listening, the Lord said this to them, I am not unfaithful. And so let me just say this to you, that the Lord is not unfaithful to you. And he told him, he said, there are two requirements to living under an open heaven. He said, one is giving. And the second is forgiving. That kind of ties to what Smith Wigglesworth said. That in every Pentecostal meeting, you needed to have an offering, a chance to give. Why? Because it opens up our heart to the Lord. We honor the Lord. And that we need to have a broken spirit. We need to make sure that we're in a repentant space. That we're not so high and mighty that we don't need to change anything. We don't need to hear anything. I've already heard this. I already know this. And so he went on to say about giving that the Lord said, I cannot bring a harvest where a person has not sown a seed. Oftentimes there are things that I can't get out of people's hands for me to do what I want in their life or what they want me to do in their life. That even if I sent the rain, there would be nothing to produce in the field because there was no seed that had been sown there. You know, my thought is that God works in an unchangeable spiritual system and we must believe that and know that and he cannot for anyone at any time in any situation work outside of that spiritual system we have to let go and give and let me just say this that many times and most of the times this does refer to money because it's a precious thing for everybody. And if we were really, we don't get to, but the Lord does. If the Lord was to see the heart of people, there would be more people in the lack of giving area that struggle with money than anything else. In other words, they're willing to give something else, which this can also apply to something else. We do have other things to give. We have love to give. We have prayers to give. We have talents to give. We have time to give. 
Right? But money is a hang-up for a lot of people. And I just want to tell you, you know, according to the Lord, if we're not sowing and, and getting something out of our hand and giving God something to work with, you're going to miss out and really cause yourself to step outside or be standing on the outside of really the open heaven. Because it's, I'll, I'm going to talk about giving later, but you're going to see that just if you go through the scriptures and we'll be honest with them, there's, a, there's something tied to it between, as, as Pastor Chaz said, the openness of our heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. I'll just go ahead and preach it here. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. The Bible says that. Jesus said that. The pastors didn't say that. The people, quote, trying to get your money. Listen, when you give money, you don't do anything for me. My, my, I have a set salary. So you could walk in here one day and get $50,000, praise God, for you and the seed that you just sown because you're going to get a blessing. But that doesn't affect me personally. We're not trying to get money out of you. We're trying to have you know the word and do the word so that you can be in an open place with God. To have God do everything that God wants to do, which God does want to do that for you so that he can bless you and increase you so that we can fund the kingdom and be a blessing to people everywhere we go. So we got to let go and we got to learn to give. And then the Lord went on to say this to him about forgiving. He said, this is where I, the Lord, can't get something out of someone's heart. That they have some things that need to exit their hearts, that their hearts are refusing to let go of. And if I can't get it out of their heart, then I can't move in their life. This is word for word, by the way. This, when this got, was preached, it was so like God was speaking like... To me, just to use the mouth of a man. But I went back and recorded it word for word, how the Lord said it. And let me add here, so we, we have to learn to let go and forgive. Just not, it's not revelatory to most of us. We've heard it, but are we doing it? And let me say that a part of forgiving is forgetting. When the Lord talks about forgetting, he doesn't just say, I forget your sins. He says, I remember them no more. And I'm not talking about maybe you don't have a memory of it, but it's just that. It's just barely there. It doesn't have any stigma attached to it. When you've really forgiven and forgotten, and you're not building anything of your life on it, or any of your thoughts upon it, that's what it means to forgive and forget. Now remember, uh, and then the Lord went on to say to him, he said, but if you will teach them, Giving and forgiving and move them into a position to do that, then they will live under an open heaven. I don't know if this is all of it, but this is part of what I knew I needed to preach. I need, I need to teach. I need to share this with you. Because we've not yet stepped into the fullness of this place that God was preparing us for last year with the word of heaven. But it is available. And we need to get into it. We need to access this place for God, for the kingdom, for our own lives, for the lives of each other, for Houston Faith Church. We need to get into this place of the hope in heaven, whereby, don't forget, it connects us to the Lord, heaven, its power, its supply, all of his resources, including peace and joy, including healing, wisdom, success, 
with no restrictions and no limitations and nothing being held back. And then he went on to say that he had seen in his own life that in his life and as well as in his ministry that every time the Lord was trying to take him to a next place or another level and any time the Lord was uh, trying to progress him or increase him, uh, it came after a time of him having to let go of something. And then he gave an account one time where, where the Lord was trying to move him to a next place in, in the money arena. And the, and the Lord gave him an amount of money to sow, and it was an amount he'd never sowed. I've been there. I remember the first time I, I gave something that was, you know, four digits before. I remember. I remember the first time I did it personally. I remember the first time that we did it together as, as ministers for the church. Listen, as the church, we're required to fund the kingdom. We, we give lots of money out. And we cannot remain in the same place. If we're going to grow and we're going to continue to do what God wants us to do, it has to be fully funded by, by heaven, right? It's not fully funded by you, by the way. You're just your part. It's fully funded by heaven. Heaven puts all the right components and places in line, and then we all do our part, and it all flows together wonderfully. That's how it works. <clears throat> And then he also went on to give some accounts of saying about forgiving, how, same thing. And then he, he said this, he said in forgiving it was not only a person, but at times he found for himself him having to forgive a, a season in life or an event. Something didn't go the way he wanted it to and he was holding offense or he was holding a hurt or a disappointment in that season. And until it exited his heart... His life couldn't enter into what would God was calling him into. I'll give you a small example of that. You know, I talked about something old, making room for something more. You know, when I married Pastor Chaz, um, I was very involved in ministry. I had a lot of things I was doing, things I was, had the grace of God to do, things I found an anointing to do. And all of a sudden, the Lord started, it's like he was pulling me back. He was pulling me back from people. Not that I couldn't love them anymore, but it's like my relationship with them was changing. And it was very difficult on my flesh. I would get up out of bed sometimes at night and go lay on the floor and cry because it felt like, it felt like everything was being stripped away from me. The things I knew, the things I was comfortable with, the things that had produced great fruit for the kingdom. He actually told me to, that I was not going to be able to be involved with a particular uh, outside ministry that I had been involved with. This was before I was a, uh, had the church here. And I was integral in this ministry. And now I had to, now I had to remove myself. And I, it was very challenging for me. And I really didn't understand it. And then one night I went to bed and I had a dream. And in the dream, Pastor Chaz and I were... Where, uh, our skin was peeling. We, we, you know, we're all Texans. You everybody here been sunburned before? Everybody been sunburned? Okay, well, in the dream, we were peeling, and it was like big, big peels of skin. And it was, number one, it looked ugly, and it was very, it didn't feel good. It was uncomfortable. But then all, all of a sudden, as the peeling was going on, it kind of went faster and faster and faster. We were totally peeling, and then new skin came, and it was wonderful. And the skin was beautiful, and it was fresh. 
And the Lord told me, he said, until you let go of that old thing, even though it's good, even though it's God, I'm not in it anymore for you, for you to go to the next level, for you to go to the next place, which was the ministry of Pastor Chaz and I together. I didn't know it at the time. I really just hadn't. I can't do it while you've got all that. To get to the next level, I had to, I had to make a change. I had to be willing to let go. Now, now, a lot of you in here, it's, you know, people always go to the easiest thing. Oh, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to let go and do something. That's not what I'm saying. It's probably not letting go of that. If your mind's quickly going there. This was very challenging for me. Don't yield to the flesh. But I'm talking about even in, a, even in something you're doing many times, we're holding, holding on to an old pattern. You're used to dealing with 30 children and now you have to make room to deal with uh, 70 children. When are you going to make the change? So we all, we all want to be in a position where the Lord can level, level up. Give us a level up. Or where the Lord can break through on our behalf. Break through some of the delays and the things that have been not working quite right or in the fullness that God wants. There seems to be a connection with the forgiving and the, and the giving. I'll just read the scripture. You don't have to turn there, but write it down. It's a good one. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. <clears throat> Jesus said this, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way and first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. If giving wasn't important to the Lord, if money was just natural, then why would the Lord want him to take care of something spiritual before he presented his offering? It's because the Lord wanted to be in a place where the Lord could fully receive from the openness of his heart what he was bringing or what you're bringing to the altar. And so this works together. Today you can decide, oh yeah, I don't want to talk about the giving thing. I'm just going to do the forgiving. But you won't stand under the fullness of an open heaven. Or you can say, I'm a giver. I don't have any problem with that. But there's this one person, man, and you just don't know. You just don't know. No, I don't know, but the Lord does know. And that's why we have a Holy Spirit who helps us be able to take on the nature of God and forgive even when we don't feel like it, even when they don't deserve it, even if they're going to do it again. I'm not preaching about things that I haven't done. I'm not preaching about things that I haven't stood in the place and done. Giving, the basic scripture, Galatians 6, 7, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows there he will also reap. So it is just what it is. Malachi three ten talks about us bringing our tithes and our offerings into the storehouse, and what will God do, he says? He said, if you'll try this, if you'll try me in this, if you'll prove me in this now, he said, I'll open a window of heaven. This is Old Testament. Before Jesus even came and made the part of the heaven forever available to us, he said he would open up a window in heaven and pour out a blessing so great that he can't even contain it. Are you living in that realm yet? Are you living in the blessing so great that you can't even contain it? If you're not, then you still have some progressing. You still have some increasing. You still have some place more to go with the Lord. And you're going to have to ch uh, decide with the Lord yourself what it is for you that the Lord might want to change in your giving. It might be something consistent. It might be the fact that you're not a tither. 
It might be the fact that you're, you're a tither, but you never want to give anything but just barely your 10% and that's just it. It might be that you're not giving in the right place. Oh, he's going to make me say it. You're going to give to the place that you watch on TV that's not going to love for you, pray for you, marry you, bear you, help you. Anytime you're giving greater outside of your local church than your local church, you are not giving properly. I can guarantee it. And that came from the Lord, by the way. Matthew 6, 21 does say, for where your treasure is, your heart is there also. So giving is a heart issue, and it seems to either open up or close something with the Lord. What it really means is if we're not giving, then our heart is not really with the Lord. And we need to stop trying to deceive ourselves and act like we, we can say, I love the Lord, I love the Lord, I love... Open up your checkbook. Open up your bank account. Let me see if you really love the Lord. I mean, I really don't want to do that. But that's how the Lord feels about it. But if you do give, and you give freely, you give according to instruction, you don't have any tie to your money because you know it's the Lord's anyway. And He's not going to make you give everything. What happens is the more, the more we give and give and give, the more we become a channel, the more we get. And we get this wonderful side blessing of standing in the middle, having all of our needs met just gloriously, abundantly, and then be able to fund all these wonderful things of the kingdom. Luke 16, 11, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, in other words, if you can't give properly, who will commit to your trust the true riches? The true riches are the spiritual things, and we want to be trusted with those. How many of you want revelation? How many of you want wisdom? Those are spiritual things. But if the Lord can't trust you, if the Lord can't trust you with giving... He can't even trust you with those things and you're going to find that you don't have a free abundant flow of the revelation that you need or the wisdom that you need to bring your breakthrough or to cause you to go to the next level. Revival. Revival in our own life. I'm a firm believer that we can live in revival every single day as an individual. But I also believe as a church that we can live in revival. We can have revival. We can have it every week. Is the Lord going to trust us with that? Not if we're not givers. Could He really trust us with bringing people in here to be saved and healed and delivered and trained up as, as disciples if we can't give properly to the kingdom? The Scripture says not. And everyone has a part. Let's look at a quick example from the Bible. Acts chapter 10, we know the story. I'm going to go through this very quickly because I haven't even gotten to the number two. <laughs> Acts chapter 10 was the story of Cornelius. Uh, Cornelius. Remember, now he had a vision with an angel. And uh, the, when the angel appeared in verse 4, it says, Now when he observed him, he was afraid, and he said, What is it, Lord? And so he said to him, He said, Your prayers and your alms or your giving, have come up a memorial before God. Now send a Joppa and send for Simon or Peter. What came up before the Lord as a memorial? His prayer and his giving. 
Okay, then we know, I'm going to paraphrase all the rest of this section until I get to the part we want to hit on. Then we know Peter went on the rooftop and he had a vision and after the vision he heard the Spirit speak. Uh, and the Spirit told him that there was a man that was seeking after him and three men were going to come and make request of him to go. And when he saw the men, Peter left the roof and saw the men. And the men said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews. You know why he had a good reputation? Because he had a good reputation with people. Because he was not mad at people and unforgiving toward people and shutting people off. Uh, then we know that Cor Cornelius uh, meets Peter. Peter does go to the house. Cornelius meets Peter. And, and uh, Cornelius shares the vision of the angel, the instruction. Cornelius again told him that the angel had told him in verse 31, he said that your prayer has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Don't tell me that your money is not spiritual. Remembered in the sight. Don't you want your giving remembered in the sight of God? Don't you want God to look down on the fresh aroma of your giving go like this instead of God having to turn his head away? Then Peter begins to preach the message, tell of Jesus Christ. And then in Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 48, we see here that the Holy Spirit falls upon them. 44, while Peter was speaking those words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. The Spirit here we see was poured out upon them, came upon them. They were saved. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Revival came to the house of Cornelius because of his giving. Could it be that God wanting to bring revival here or God wanting to re bring revival to you could depend as much on your giving as it does your praying? Are you even praying for revival? I know Mike is. But that's a spiritual, it's a spiritual thing. This giving, his giving is what opened up heaven. His giving brought a supply, the resource, the glory of God into that place. It was his giving. I remember when I first got saved, I've told this story and then I, and then I got spirit filled in my adult life and began really learning to live for the Lord and I, it came to that decision. You know, all these things, I had a house, I had, you know, none of that had I done when I was tithing. And the decision made, was I going to begin to, I'd heard the scripture now, I was accountable. Was I going to be, begin to do it? And I sat at the table, you know, me being the accountant. And when I put it all on paper, it would come out in the red with negatives everywhere. But I just had to make a decision. I had to make a decision that I was going to obey God, that it was more important to me to go after the heart of God, I realized this was not a part of my life that I could hold back and expect to step into the fullness of God for me, which is what I wanted, which is what you want. And so I just made the decision. I just made the decision to start tithing and giving. And I don't know how. I, I, I scrunched the paper up. I never looked at it again. 
Because I still to this day don't know how, but I never went under. I just started somehow going gloriously over and over. And I just started having more than enough. But you know what else? Not only did that change, because listen, the Bible says that when you give, that God will make all grace abound to you. All earthly grace, all earthly blessing, the favor of God, the goodness of God abound to you. It doesn't just change your giving. It changes your life. It changed my life with God. Here's a story of, of how this worked for, for a preacher. Uh, but he was, uh, at this time, his, his income was directly tied to what was going on in the church. That happens many days in the early days. And so he, his church uh, was receiving $5,000 a week. And that had to pay all of the bills of the church, everything that had to happen. It had to pay him some. He had a wife. His wife had just found out she was pregnant. And then he got, he got the dreaded, I want to meet with you in the office. I'm leaving the church from his biggest giver in the church. And he was very upset about it. And he was kind of complaining and saying, oh, the biggest giver in the church just left. And the Lord said to him, he said, excuse me, the biggest giver has not just left. I am the biggest giver and I have not left the church. But the Lord told him, he said, I want you to give more. And the preacher told him, he said, Lord, he said, maybe you're not understanding. The biggest giver has just left the church. My wife is pregnant. I'm fixing to have another mouth to feed. This is not the time. This is not the time for me to be giving more. You know, he's thinking just treading water just because he's going to barely be able to keep up with what he was doing. And the Lord said, no, I want you to give more. See, what was happening here was the Lord was trying to move him, move him into a place where there would be an open heaven. And so he said he was pondering it. All of a sudden he thought about Malachi 3. And so he went and reread it. And, and then he got to that part where he said, uh, prove me in this now or try me in this now. And he said, now, now, like, I mean, like right now with the pregnant wife, right, right now, now, now is now. I got to do it now. And so he just started giving more. And you know what happened? By the end of the year, the giving in the church went from 5000 a week to $75,000 a week. Let's talk about forgiving. Matthew chapter 6, basic. Jesus, teach us to pray. Forgive your trespassers. Isn't that what he said? So that your Father can forgive you. Just, a, just very basic. He said this in Mark eleven twenty five 25 through 26. And, wh where, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now God loves you. He's always going to love you. He never doesn't love you. Heaven is always open in a sense. It's open. But there are things of our faith. Faith operates by love. You can't be operating in love if you're not forgiving people. If you have unforgiveness, if you have hurt, if you have offense, if you have stuff that you're like, mm, okay, I'm just going to like forget that they're there. That is not forgiving. <laughs> to forgive means to cease to stop to feel angry or resentful towards someone or something for an offense, a flaw, or a mistake. It means to give up any claim of requital. And it involves an intentional decision to let go. 
truthfully forgiving takes away the power that that, ha- that, that act or that situation has over you. Because as long as you are not forgiving and forgetting, it has power over you. And you will struggle with it and it will mess up your faith. And when you try to go to pray, your heart will have some guilt. And then because your heart has uh, guilt and condemns you, God sees the condemnation and God can't work. It's not that God is not wanting to. It's there are spiritual laws and principles in place here. I remember my story many years ago. This was pre-Pastor Chaz. This was when Pastor Jack and Pastor Mary Jean knew me very well. I was in a very dif- difficult situation in life with someone, someone very close, someone who betrayed me, and I had to forgive. And it was very, it was very, um, it was very intense. I was living in the midst of it every day. It wasn't like I was a situation that was far removed from me. I was in the midst of it every day. Someone who was uh, abusive. But I had to forgive. Amen. And the Lord taught me to forgive. And it was wonderful. And I would, ooh, and I would feel so free. And I'd think I'd forgive. And then, I, and then I'd be sitting in service. Or I'd be reading my Bible. And all of a sudden it'd be like another layer. It'd be like, oh, this part. This come up. This, they did that. They did this. They did that. Oh, Lord, I forgive them. Lord, just have mercy on them. Lord, it's just I forgive them. You know, we forgive by faith, not by feelings. Your feelings will come up under your faith if you just keep doing it by faith. And then I would think, oh, Lord, I've, I've forgiven them and there's nothing. And then here it come again and it come again like way. And I felt like an onion. You know how an onion, you peel a layer and then there's another layer. And then there's another layer. Just, but boy, what was happening as I was forgiving, as I was getting freer and freer and I was getting closer and closer. And as I would get with the Lord more, more, more of the presence of God, easier to, to access God. Things were just opening up. My life was being strengthened. I was being fortified. All these changes were taking place in my life because I was forgiving. We have to forgive. Forgiving people includes forgiving God. Everyone in here will say, I'm not mad at God, but many times you are mad at God. And you are asking God, why this and why not that and this and that. And then really like like the other preacher had said, kind of accusatory to the Lord. You need to get the accusation against God out of your thoughts and out of your voice and forgive God that it didn't go the way that you wanted or thought or even the way that it should. Amen. Go ahead and forgive God. Forgive yourself. Many of you have not forgiven yourself. If you can't forgive yourself, you're not going to stand in the open place of a, of, a, of a heaven with God whereby you can access all of the supply and the resources and the everything that you need for your life. You're going to have to forgive yourself. You're not perfect but the blood of Jesus covers it, washes you, cleanses you, stands you upright, and makes you equipped to do the next day and to do it better. You have to forgive other people. Here's a story. I was in Russia, and I was ministering, and I was having a healing line, and I stepped in front of a lady, and I said to her, I said, ma'am, what do you need? And she, through the translator, she said she had a neck injury, 25 years old, uh, and and all she said was that it came from an accident. And, and I was listening and she said, I've had many people pray for me. I've done everything. You know, and then she starts going. And all of a sudden the Lord said to me, he said, she hasn't forgiven the one that caused the accident. 25 years. And I said to her, I said, you haven't forgiven the one that caused the accident. And when I said it, she looked at me and I looked at her. And I said, you haven't forgiven them, have you? 
And then the tears the tear start coming, and we pause for a moment. And I just led her in a simple prayer to forgive them. And the minute she forgave them, I had a, I had a freedom from the Lord. See, I didn't have a freedom. It's like I couldn't even pray for her. But the minute, the minute that the forgiveness came out of her mouth, I put my hand on her, and she was instantly healed. A 25-year-old neck in- injury, instantly healed in the act of forgiveness. We had an account here. There was a lady that came, and she uh, came to a Women of Faith meeting one Sunday night, and she told me that she was dealing with a soul issue, that she had been wounded in a relationship. And her, well, this is what she said to me. She said, I want you to pray for me that my soul will be restored. And I said, okay, okay, I can do that. But I said, talk to me a little bit. So, you know, in this relationship, this, this guy was a, he was a dirtbag. He was a dirtbag. And, uh, but one, she was still mad and angry at him. But then she also had this still desire toward him. And this had been like, like six months since then, since the, you know, the breakup had happened, but she still had this desire toward him. And so I was, I was talking to her and listening, and, and then all of a sudden I just said, but you have to forgive him. She said, she said well, I said, no, no, you have to like really forgive him. Well, she said, well, I've, I've, said, I've told the Lord I forgive him. I said, but yeah, but you hadn't really forgiven him. So I led her again in a simple prayer, a simple prayer just to forgive him. And that she would let go of him. And then I prayed for her, just her soul to be restored. She comes back a month later to say not only hallelujah was her soul restored, she'd had no desire toward him, no thought toward him. When she thought of him, she didn't have ill ill will, ill feelings, nothing, praise the Lord. But she'd also gotten healed of a 40-year arthritis issue that she didn't even ask for in the moment. But as she forgave him, she recognized days later that the arthritis medicine was making her feel funny. And so she stopped taking it. Now she'd been uh, arthritis-free for a solid month. I know that six months later, she was still totally free, all because she forgave. She forgave. If you want to live under the open heaven, we're going to have to give and forgive. We're going to have to do this. Forgiving people, but also forgiving times, events, situations that didn't go the way we wanted, expected. We have to forgive challenges. Some people are just mad about how challenging a situation was and they're just hanging on to that. We have to forgive difficulties. We have to forgive failures. We have to let go of hurts. We have to let go of frustrations. We have to let go of disappointments. And I don't know about you. Maybe I'm just preaching for myself. But I, you know, I pretty much run up against those every week. You know, am I the only one? I mean, for those of you that think that preachers like live in a bubble... I mean, we we got the same, and maybe we got it on more because we're dealing with you. But we love you, and that's sincere. We have to let go, forgive and forget. Isaiah 43, do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. You you can't open your eyes to the new thing. You can't open your eyes to what might be in front of you if you're looking at the past or the old thing or the thing that's bothering you. You can't see with the eye of faith when you're looking at the problem. 
Paul said this in Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. Forgetting the past, even sometimes the good things. We have to realize that they are the past, the good. We can build upon the good things, but we can't live in the good things of the past. We'll get stuck. God doesn't want you stuck. God, God this morning has given every single one of us a way to get out of stuck. If you feel like you're not moving, if you feel like you can't get any traction, I guarantee if you check your heart, you'll find something Maybe in both these areas, but you'll find something here this morning that you need to do. Something that you need to let go of. To get yourself in the right spot. In the glory, the place where the glory is going to come out. The place of the free flow, the abundant life. Again, not because God has done anything. God has freely already given all things. That is a scripture. But there is a working with Him. And we all know we're human. We're human, right? But we're empowered with the Holy Ghost. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe you haven't even yet yielded to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. As long as you're doing that and resisting that, not giving yourself in that capacity to, to let your tongue speak a heavenly language, you're going to be standing outside the fullness of the free flow. Of an open heaven. God's calling us to let go of some things. Don't we want the open heaven? I'm just telling you from me spiritually. And I don't know if this is all of the part of it. But this is the part that got started. I just know that we're not yet where we can be. And, and it's the Lord. It's the Lord pulling us to the next place. I mean, we, we look around, God's been so good and so and we are so thankful for His faithfulness and everything that God has done, but there is more. And we have to position ourselves. We can't just hear there is more and go, yeah, rah, rah, there is more, and then just continue to live like we're living. We need to step into more. What are we believing for? What are, what are we pressing into? Maybe you do need your finances to change. Have you asked God at all? If your changing needs to give, uh, if your giving needs to change, have you asked him at all? If you need to up something, do something different, sow a one-time seed, uh, have you asked? Are our ears even open to hear? Are our ears open to hear? Where we might have things in our heart that need to come out? Have we lived with them so long that we think it's okay? Have we thought that God can just override because it's me and because He knows, He knows I don't mean to? No, we have to believe in, in the nature of God, the ability of God within us to do the right thing, to forgive people, to not live with hurts. Disappointments. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. 
What you'll find is the Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life, and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.